Introduce yourself, fellas. What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Unapologetic Perspectives. I am your host, T. Holmes, the actual guy on the panel with a brain. And we'll let the rest of these fellas go ahead and introduce themselves. I am Marlon. And I am Marlon. I'm glad to be back. Uh, also known as the smartest man on the panel. So uh, I know it's been a lot of craziness going on since some been my absence, but maybe uh, the brains is back. AKA G thing. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that out. Cut that out. Hey, yeah. Anyway, this is Steven, uh, AKA, I know y'all can't hear me, AKA, I'm the man, AKA, about to win another one. AKA, let's get this going. That's a lot of AKAs right there, sir. A lot of AKAs. All right. Today, I've got the opportunity to introduce the topics. T must have lost his damn mind, but it, it's all good. It's all good and hood. So our first topic tonight, fellas, the LA Times calls LeBron James and Anthony Davis the top duo in the NBA. Is that enough to get a championship? So because G Thang has been away from us for a long time, and he's finally back. I want G Thang to take it away. Sure, no problem. Uh, I would say yes, that is enough to get a championship, especially when you got two players that are currently considered two of the top ten players that are in the league at this moment. I would say yes, it is enough to get a championship. Will they get a championship? I don't think so. That's just my opinion. But uh, I, I think, yes, I think, yeah, two people can get you a championship, but I think you need a lot more. And I think that it's going to be a lot more teams that are going to be a lot more balanced. I'm waiting to see what happens when, when the regular season starts and people stop playing around with it, you know, with Jokic them playing point guards. When it, when, it, when it gets serious and these last 20 games, I, I would like to see how teams play with it. And then we'll, you know, we'll be able to answer that question better. But, you know, I don't think – I mean, right now, personally, I don't think they're going to win a championship. But I doesn't, do I think it is enough answering that question? Yes. All right. Let's get Steve to talk up there. I think he's – you know, Steve, wake up. Get out the closet. <laughs> be free. I'm here. I'm here. No, I definitely think two, man, two can do it, man, especially two big-time players. I definitely believe that they can go ahead and get it done. I mean, what? I mean, it, of course, Jordan was the great, you know, greatest of all time. Definitely, definitely is. But you know, what I'm saying, if you add two pieces that are clutch, and and game in, game out, they can provide. They can provide that that, that leadership. They can provide. They can provide that double team, so that the other guy can work. Not Okay, Steve, thanks for that inspiring choice of words. <laughs> 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 I would just say this, man. 
okay, they, I would say they are the best duo in the league. Yeah, I do agree with that. I think they're, you know, they're two top five players. So, yeah, they're the best two duo in the league. Now, as far as enough to win a championship, I really don't think so, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, yeah, LeBron and AD are great in their own. I mean, you get that part, but um, it is not a such thing. I don't really think it's two players that's just going to win a championship. It takes an entire team. Now, they do have some role players, some big names, if you would say that, honestly, but some of these guys are mostly past their prime, um, and some of these guys are just not consistent. So, now, they can win with those guys. Now, it's going to be a, a, a uphill battle, I would say that, but I mean, Cal Kuzma, he's going to have to be more consistent. Danny Green, I don't really think he's going to do it, but, I mean, he's going to have to be consistent. Caldwell Pope, and you got JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, Dion Waiters. I mean, they got a lot of guys. Some of these guys have made big buckets throughout their careers, but I don't know if they can put it all together right now because in this bubble, I don't think everything is guaranteed in this bubble, man, because with teams that are going to be deeper, teams that are more versatile, those are going to be the teams that are going to get the Lakers' problems. The Lakers really only got one ball handler. They can't score a bucket with LeBron when he's off the court. They cannot score a bucket. I mean, seriously. AD, he got to play 24-7 all the time. So, I don't think so. Now, I want to say my last little bit. We say the best for last in this case. Uh, everybody on the panel actually made a lot of sense, except for Steven. He's doing better, though. He, he made full words. He actually really, you know, said what he meant there. Now, as for my view about this, biggest duo, but what happens when they take a break? What happens when they have to sit down for a minute? I mean, what do you have coming off your bench? If your next best player is Kuzma, which I do like, but Kuzma is like a switch off and on. Pope? What the hell is Pope there for? Yeah, you you got the Harlem – it's like you got two players from the Harlem Globetrotters and everybody else is from the Generals. That's basically what you're working with. So, Steve, I understand in your world on 2K, it's a great world. There's nothing wrong with that, but I, I do not agree with you. It does not make a championship team. It makes for a few highlights, and it makes you think it. It makes you think it's a championship team. But when them two cats sit down, it's going to be like out there in the desert looking for a cup of water. Dry. Very so, here's what, so here's what I think is going to happen, man. Um, yeah, they're going to start off playing together. You know what I'm saying? They're going to start off playing together. Right, so after that, you're gonna they're gonna end up staggering the minutes, man. You're gonna have basically probably going into the second half easily, where they're they they when one goes off, the other guy will be on. You know what I'm saying? Playing with the others. When the other guy goes to the bench, the other guys gonna come in. And then when it comes probably middle to you know what I'm saying when it's crunch time, they both gonna be on the court at the same time. So they're gonna stagger. They're gonna stagger them. They're gonna stagger them, and it's not like where each time they're in there together, and then they go out together, and then it's just a whole bunch of five nobodies. That's not how it's gonna be. They're gonna start off together. They're gonna stagger. They're gonna stagger the lineup, stagger the minutes. You know what I'm saying? And then they're gonna finish off together. That's how they're gonna do it. And that that can I think that they can win a championship doing that. They really can. Any other rebuttals? Uh, ultimately, to me, it's, it's, it goes back to a conversation we had a couple of shows, shows way back. If you do win a championship, does it – what does it mean? I, I mean, to me, I still thought that they should have just waited and restarted the season all over when, when the full season. This, to me, this, 
this just it, 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 I find it funny. Like, yeah, I'm a I'm a sports fan, so I'm watching it. But you win a championship, how do you celebrate? How do you enjoy? How did this? This like a restart. This like a a shortened season, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And and then you and to me, you're rushing it. You're just like, okay, well, let's finish these 22 games, then let's go to the playoff. And then you got all these things that's thrown in there. So I'm like, all right. again, my whole point is that I still don't think that they got enough meat. Cause from looking at how the restart has started so far, I love the way Milwaukee looked. I love. I even like the way Philly looked a little bit. Uh, I mean, to me, it's a lot of more teams got a lot more balance, a lot of things going more than the Lakers. Like Barry said, th- these two go to the bench or even one go to the bench. You shouldn't have that significant of a drop off to the point where you 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 just running down the court like some AAU teams where they best players go to the bench <laughs> and then they bring the scrubs in and, and, and they just don't show up at all. We, we had a 20-point lead, and then I went get me a glass of water or, or a sip of water, and now that 20-point lead is is one. You know, I, and again, I, and I, to me, I just I, – I really don't see how they're going to celebrate this stuff. All right, fellas. Good one, good one. T, you got anything else to add? No, nah, man, we can move on. Everything's been said, honestly. I just don't think they're going to win. Well, I got y'all. Since we're on the sports vein, let's keep with the sports kind of theme we're working with here now. So my next topic that I want to go in, with women in sports, right? Will women ever get the pay and admiration to compete with men? Uh, when, how, what will it take to change the attitude toward professional women in sports to make it more than just a novelty? Because in some aspects, if it's not talking about tennis, or that's pretty much it. We give most of the respect to tennis. We don't give the respect to women in any other sports like professional team sports like soccer. You never hear too much about the women's soccer or women's basketball. Hell, I don't even know if there's a women's baseball league. So what do you think will change that, fellas? Y'all, um, who wants to go first? That's random shots. So anybody wants to go first? Like this one first. Um, okay. I would say this. Honestly, personally, I don't think it will change. I, and I hate to say that. I really I wish it would change. But people, men mostly, they look down upon women as far as when they play sports. Like, they, they look, they belittle them like they're not worthy or they're not good enough in a way. Because, I mean, the type of society that we live in is a patriotic society that we live in. So that's why it's the, the women's sports are viewed that way. Like, you know, like the whole issue with how WNBA players get paid opposed to NBA players. Um, now, I do believe that, WNBA doesn't get marketed the right way, to be honest with you. Like, sometimes you wouldn't know a WNBA game is actually on TV when it was under normal circumstances. Now we know because of COVID, because we know when everything's on TV now because we haven't had any live sports. But prior to that, W, like I said, it wasn't marketed properly. I don't think the right players were pushed. Um, and that can be an issue. And, like, with women's soccer, like, women, U.S. has great soccer teams. But – it's not pushed as much. Now, I will say they have gotten more popular as the years have gone by since the Mia Hamm days, but I couldn't see women getting the same respect. I hope they do. I really do. I wish it. I wish it would, but that's a lot of things I wish would happen in America, and it unfortunately still doesn't happen. But, hey, I'll be hopeful for them, but I just want to see it happen. I, I can go next just to follow up with T. I, I agree. I, I wish it would happen, but how old is Title Nine? Title Nine is like what, thirty years old, where they pushed for equality, and but you know, and that's just equality amongst you know college ranks. 
to try to get them some. You know, Fat, Pat Summit fought this for years and years to her, to her dying day. To, and now, as far as money comes, we know that. I mean, when you think you think tennis, you think Serena is the most interesting thing to watch. Terrence said it. Uh, the U.S. women's soccer team. I mean, when I've sat down and watched them, they're exciting to watch. They are way better than what the, we put out as men. Uh, WNBA, marketing-wise, me personally, I said, why the WNBA play during the spring? Why don't they play like you played when growing up, where the high school, college, well, not college, but you know high schools, where I don't know if it'll fill an arena up, but let the women play before uh, NBA team, your respective city, if your, if your respective city has a team. Let them play. That'll get them some TV market. That'll get them some kind of extra money. But playing, you know, everybody know playing in the spring, you're going up against baseball, you're going up against different things like that. It's, it's going to be hard to market it. And, you know, I'm like T. I wish it would happen, but personally, I don't see it happening. I mean, that's my opinion on that. Yeah, it's not going to happen, man. At the end of the day, y'all, y'all pretty much hit it right there. Revenue, man. It's really revenue. It's, it's, it's really revenue, man. Like, ain't nobody really watching these, you know, women teams play, women sports play. WNBA, nobody watches that that much. Some people do. Some people want, you know, do. But most part, everybody watches NBA. Everybody watches NFL. It's just more exciting. Um, not, not a lot of people like to watch, you know, plays under rim. They like to see LeBron dunk. They like to see the big slams. They like to see the ankle breaker. Um, Allen Iverson, you know what I'm saying? They like to see the MJ fade away, you know what I'm saying? But WNBA just don't, doesn't have that, 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 you know what I'm saying? That, you know what I'm saying? Don't have that wild factor. A lot of these sports don't have that wild factor. Yeah, you know, for example, you brought up women's soccer, um, for example. Yeah, they win, but the men's soccer have more of a wild factor when it comes to scoring. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the way they, they make people miss. It, I just don't see it change. It's not going to happen, man. Like I said, it's just not fun. That's what it is. You know what I'm saying? Growing up, you know what I'm saying? I never grew up watching any type of women's sports. Not because, you know, it's not like a, you know, gender, you know, inequality thing. It's just not, it's just not fun. That's all it is. It's not fun. It's not interesting to the point where you're going to sit there and be like, oh, my goodness, did you see that, that layup she made? Nah, it's, it's, it's just not appealing, man. It's going to remain that way. Okay, now I, I got to jump in on it. Steve, can you dunk? No, I can't dunk. Okay, that's, that's all I want to hear about. Because they got, <laughs> they got women that can actually dunk. What does that have to do now, with You said about ankle breaking. Hold on, you got to let somebody talk now. I know Burlington Co-Factor and the partnership is big, but let me just get one word in. So first, number one, women can dunk. Number two, women can break ankles. Number three, the women in the WNBA, actually, I've been to the games. They have a better skill set than the men. Let's keep it real. Let's keep it funky. They play much better ball than the men. That's the truth. Now, just because you grew up in a household, maybe around a bunch of men that kept you encouraged and didn't let you go to see women play, maybe you went to an all-boys school all your life. First chance you got out, you got married, and that was a wrap. But women can play sports, dude. Let's keep it real. Let, let's get it 100% on there. Now, the thing what is the problem is the marketing. Everybody's brought up this revenue. It's not that people wouldn't go see it if they didn't have a chance. It's marketing. If they found a way to tie it into the NBA, 
if they found a way to tie the, the women's football league, everything into the NFL and give it the push that it needs to make it more. It doesn't make sense that women overseas make way more money in sports and basketball than over here. It doesn't make sense because it's not interesting. They make more than money. That's why they go play overseas. A lot of the women players over here before the WNBA really jumped off, and they still do it. They'll play the WNBA league, and then they'll go right back to Russia, right back over to Italy, right back to the other places. And they're making more money. So somebody's going to see these games. Maybe because you're a Celtic fan is different. I understand. Larry Bird in the dress might not be appealing the most. Not to me. I understand. But I don't think it's the reason that the games are boring, dude. It's just really marketing. Marketing, and they got to figure a way to get more sponsors involved. It's more, and then emphasize, don't just show the rough-looking person. Show the chicks that's really throwing down. Show it to them. Emphasize the skill set. That's the thing. If you want to get real basketball enthusiasts into the game, basketball, I'm just speaking of basketball. I haven't even touched lingerie football. That's some kind of weird, weird mixture. Of, you know, that's, that's something just to look at. But those chicks really play ball. When you watch them, they really do hit. Hell, if I'm going to get out there and throw a football with them or whatnot, they might kill me. Real talk. But I'm up for rebuttals. That's the only thing. I mean, I'm with y'all, Steve. I, I you completely about missed it. the point, brother. You completely missed the point. First of all, you, did you just say that women are more skilled than men in basketball? Did you really just sit there and say that? Yeah. Please tell me you didn't say that. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. So, okay. L let me hear this. Uh, how many WNBA Sports Center top tens have you seen? Not many. Not many. But it, but it, but it's fun. But it's so much fun. They do a lot of great things that make people want to actually sit there and watch the games. Oh, you're so right, man. You are so correct. It is exciting. <laughs> WNBA is so exciting that that they, they they're making so much money. Even even when when the NBA is not even really playing like that. Oh man, the WNBA is doing an awesome job of just keeping everybody engaged because everybody is sitting there in the couch watching somebody make a little layup. And, and and you're talking about dunk, a little soft dunk. You talking about that little 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 little, little barely? Oh, I just made a type dunk. No, people want to see off the backboard, between the legs. People want to see all that type of stuff. That's what they want to see. They want to see actual nasty. You know what I'm saying? Killer crossovers. That's what they want to watch. Not no fundamental. You know what I'm saying? Left hand or right hand. Uh, uh. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that, man. But anyway, that's all I got to say. I, I I was really done when you said that women are more skilled than men. All right, so Steve, you seriously do sound like the president of the He-Man's Women Haters Club. <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm, I'm being honest with you, bro. Like, you really sound like that. Um, but I'm going to explain to you what Barry was saying about the whole skill thing, what he's talking about. He's not saying skill for skill that women have better skills than individual players. He's not saying that. What he is saying, though, the whole concept of basketball, the whole team game of concept of basketball is better in the WNBA game. So basically what he is saying, he doesn't go to a WNBA game and all he literally sees is three-point shots and dunks and layups. Like, he doesn't actually go – he goes to a WNBA game, he actually sees teams running set plays or someone actually doing a post-up in an actual game. That's what he's talking about. So he wasn't really saying that. I, I, I get what you're saying. Of course they're not going to be high-flying as men, as far as men – I mean, the, the NBA basketball. But as far as it's a team concept or fundamentals of actual basketball, basically what he's saying, if you actually true enjoy the game of basketball, actually seeing the game played the right way, 
he's saying the WNBA is a good option to go there. That's all he's saying. But I digress. <laughs> and I want to. I want to. I want to go ahead. I've been to a Dream game and a Hawks and a Hawks game both. And the arena puts on the same show for the Dream they do for the Hawks. And so, so everything that's at the arena is is good. Like you said, women basketball is good fundamental basketball. Like I've always been a Tennessee Volunteer fan myself. I love the way Coach Pat Summit coached the game. I love the way Geno coached the game. All of them. I mean, they do a really good job. Uh, just it's, it's like Barry said. It's it's a marketing thing. It comes down to a marketing thing because the women can play some really good basketball. That's why I say I think it will. Now they this did give them a raise this year. So they, they did come out, give them a raise. But I think if you want the women to get more of the pot, now they're not going to get the pot that the men are getting, but they should change it to where, you know, let the women play during the same time. Even if they don't play 82 games, I don't care. Play 60 games, play 50 games. But it put move them to when the men are playing. Let them have playing. Let them be like a warm-up game to the men's game or something. Uh, you know, it may give give the crowd a reason to come down to the arena earlier instead of piling in the arena later. You know, you might not know what you get from there. And it's and I and I think them to get more that way they can get the ticket sales and everything like that. That's what's up. That's what's up. Well, I, I, we're gonna wrap that whole topic up. That was a good one, fellas. I enjoyed that one. Even the He Man Hate Women's Club is here apparently. So that's a good one. Now we got to switch gears for a little bit. Now we got to talk about this. This big monster that we got that's in the room, Mr. COVID-19 is in the house. This pandemic is going crazy. Not only is it affecting the health and lives of Americans, black Americans mainly. I mean, people of color are getting ripped apart. And we know this. Not only that, it's affecting us financially, economically. When do you see this thing turned around and what do you see that needs to be done in order to fix this situation? I know we're not medical experts, we're just giving out opinions. So Marlon, do the honors first. Man, uh, fellas, I can tell you, man, honestly, I think it, it's the same thing as it, it start, leadership starts from the top with everything when, when it comes to fighting this situation. And I think everybody needs to, to, in order to fight it, we need to be on one accord. You can't keep hearing different people say different things all the time or people changing their mind on one thing. Like, for instance, Dr. Fashi and, and the CDC just Friday changed their mind and said, oh, yeah, it's fine for everybody to go to school. And I'm thinking to myself, like, wait a minute. You've been beating everybody's head in for the last two, three months saying, hey, everybody wear a mask, everybody practice social distancing. But yet you want to allow schools to start where you're talking about safe medicine. My son go to Mill Creek. They got 4,000 students in their school. So how are they going to practice social distancing at, with 4,000 kids bumping into each other? It's, it's impossible. And I, and I can tell you, for me personally, I did everything possible to, to practice social distancing and everything, and I still caught it. I still caught it. And I didn't realize I caught it until I just, I, I mean, until I was like, I, mean, I thought I had a regular cold, and then my body just started breaking down. And I was like, oh, my God, this is tough. And when I got tested, and then when I, they told me I was positive, I was like, you know, it really scared me then because mm -hmm. I've had high blood pressure in the past. So, mm -hmm. you know, I had one of those risks where it could have easily killed me like that. But 
I think the most – in order for us to fight this, we all have to be on one accord. People that have caught it like myself and have beat it, I can tell everybody that I, that I, I communicate with the things that I did. So – and I told my wife I was going to go get blood so, I, you know, they can check my blood so we can kind of come up with something – where everybody, everybody needs to be on one accord. You can't have the president saying one thing and then have the governor saying another thing and then have the mayor of the city saying another thing and then the CDC saying another thing. Everybody got to be on one accord because when all comes down to it, it ain't about who's a Republican or Democrat or anything like that. It's about that we're all Americans. We're all fighting the same cause, and that's the only way we're going to beat this. Now, I want to jump in next, fellas. I got to jump in next. The biggest thing that I can say about this whole nine yards, take the freaking politics out of it. Rip all the politics away from it. Because right now it's becoming some kind of political device. It's like some kind of political weapon. At first, the idiot in office wanted to say, yes, I'm going to call him an idiot. I don't care who gets pissed off about it. The head idiot in charge decided that it was a hoax and tried to just brush it under the rug. In the meantime, it's getting further and further. It's progressing. Now this idiot has a whole bunch of followers that's going right on there behind him. They keep going right behind him. I don't want to wear a mask because he said it's not real. You're taking away my constitutional rights. You're doing all this, but it's just a way to keep, it's preventive measures. We could have had this thing locked down before it even started. It's no way it could have got this deep in the community. And that goes on more than just one side from the idiot in chief because we had the woke people. Let's keep it real. You know, black folks can't catch that kind of thing. I smoke a lot of good green. Ain't no way I'm going to catch it. That's for white folks. That was spreading around, a whole bunch of innuendos and lies and rumors. People just need to get, and they need to take, like again, take the politics out of it. There's no way the CDC shouldn't get the records before the White House. Oh yeah, oh my God. And then somebody else brought to my attention 5G. Oh, you catch the coronavirus from the 5G. You better not use that 5G. Half of your dumbasses don't have 5G in your neighborhood. They don't have 5G on an iPhone 6. It doesn't work that way. So the way that I think it needs to be solved, people need to actually get their information from the right sources. Everybody has a damn cell phone in their hand. Everybody can get access to the internet. Everybody can get access to the CDC. And the only way that I think that Fauci and they change their mind about this, again, politics. You got the head idiot catching all the numbers up front. I wouldn't be surprised if in two weeks they say it's all the way gone. And the death count keeps up to 250,000. And it'll keep rising. Yeah, I'll take it away. Mm -mm. Yeah, so I, I'll say this, man. I mean, to go along with what you guys are saying, what you guys are correct in that. But I also say this, man. At the end of the day, you have a lot of selfish people, you know what I'm saying, in this country, in this world. You know what I'm saying? They only care for self. They only care for having themselves a good time. Oh, I don't like the way it it, it, it covers my, my mouth. I ju it just feels uncomfortable, the mask. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they're finding every excuse possible to, you know, not want to keep other people safe because they want, they, they, they don't, they want to feel good. They want to feel good having no masks. They want to feel good going out to clubs. They want to feel good going out doing X, Y, and Z when they know that there's a high chance of exposing other people, not in, not just themselves. Um, honestly, the only way I could see this COVID stuff really slowing down is like implementing laws, man, fines, heavy fines and laws where people get jailed if they go in public places. Um, you know what I'm saying, without masks, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Uh, that's the only way I could see stuff like this get slowed down, man, because I evidently, you know, 
people are not showing enough care for others. You know what I'm saying? To to do the right things and take the necessary precautions. So to me, my answer to that would just be laws and um, heavy fines. Um, for me, uh, with this whole issue, like I said, it's the, just the the inconsistent communication based on what Marlon's was um, referring to. I think that's the cause of the whole pandemic. Honestly, just the communication is all messed up, and it goes from this current administration to the CDC. Clearly, they're not on the same page. Uh, this current administration that we have feels that the CDC is completely wrong about this, which I find that baffling, to be, on, to be honest with you. And now this current administration is trying to say, um, maybe we gotta, we're going to have to start wearing these masks. But like two weeks ago, he was saying not wear a mask. So that's the problem. Like I said, like I always refer back to this, this is the most dangerous guy since Hitler because it's pure ignorance that comes out of his mouth. And that ignorance goes into everybody. And you got to think about this, too. And I thought about this, too. It's not just the ignorance that goes into people in America. I've seen people in other countries refer back to things that he has said. So he's having a, a negative impact in other countries. And I never thought about that, but he really is. I've seen him on my own two eyes. So um, to kind of to, to wrap I me mean, to kind of solve this problem, I, I think we need to go to another shutdown. Like, number one, go to another shutdown. Two, requirement, mask all across the board completely. Anywhere you go, wear a mask. Number three, shut down these retail stores, these bars, these strip clubs, all of this foolishness that we do not need right now at this moment in time because it's not doing anybody a favor. Why are you going to Magic City Club having a good time or you're going to Compound having a pool party? And first of all, think about this. Why would I want to go to the club if I got to wear a mask? Now, what sense does that make? If you really think about that, if you got to wear a mask to go to a club, clearly you shouldn't be up in there. Something right with that picture. I'm not about to be jugging with a mask on. I'm just saying that I don't go to clubs anymore, but it's the truth. Like that old Michael Basin, I can't get jiggy with these shit. That's literally what it is. Like, come on, man. I, that, that's, that's the thing that I just don't understand what's going on with this pandemic. You got people going out here doing stuff that you shouldn't be doing at all. Like, I'm not going to the club with a mask. I don't get it, man. But hopefully it turns around. But the more that we BS around with this, the longer it's going to continue to be around and, and more and more people are going to be impacted. More people are going to be unemployed. More people are going to be losing their lives. It's not good, man. we got to shut it down. I'm tired of seeing kids. Like, I'm seeing kids dying. That's not yeah. good, man. This got to stop, yo. we got to get on it. But once again, like Marlon said, starts from the top. If the leadership ain't the down point, dude, it's a trickle-down effect, and it's going to impact everybody. And in this case, it's impacting everybody in the negative way. Yeah. Uh, one more comment. I, I just had a – I thought just thought about what all of you guys said, especially what Steve said when he was talking about people being selfish. I went in the Kroger yesterday, and this woman came in the Kroger. Kroger clearly got two signs out said mask required. She – and her son washed their ass in there. They was right in front of me. She turned around and gave him this sly smile, like, like, ain't nobody going to stop me, look, and went on in without the mask. And that's what Steve was talking about with the selfishness. And then for somebody like me who's had it and beat it, I'm looking at her like, I, you know, I don't want to go to jail, but I could have went up to her and just slapped the shit out of her so hard to the point where I was like, wake up, lady. You're not the only one out here that's affected. You know, but, you know, that's the, that's, that's the way people think. And 
you know, speaking of politics, I know this is off t- off subject, but whatever happened to the Tea Party? Was that just an Obama thing? Yeah, pretty much. You know, I mean, just you, you think about politics and how they try to make politics affect everything. What happened to the Tea Party? Or why why they won't they show up and say, "Hey, everybody, mask up" or something? They just disappeared. They just went away. I mean, it's just, it's crazy, man. It's it's crazy, and you know, like I I try to tell my kids and try to tell them, man, take this serious because this stuff is, you know, this is killing people at a high rate. You know, it t- it took Trump four months to believe it, and people still support him. So you know, it is what it is. I'd like to add something in. This is closing, fellas, so we can shut this down. But I do want to add some topics, some uh, not some topics, but a few more comments to this, like a kind of rebuttal. And I, I agree with Marlon 112 percent. That's that's kind of scary. And it did take the president four months, to, considering he has a brain the same size as a walnut, like most dinosaurs back in the day. And uh, for T, the other thing I do want to comment, Mr. T, um, I do have a rebuttal with what you said, sir, about you know this wearing a mask and going to the club and it's not helping anybody. However, there is a small section, a demographic of extremely ugly women with incredible bodies that are benefiting at strip clubs because they have a great body and a very ugly face, but with the mask, you can't tell. So they are booming right now. So let's not forget about them. Tip your hats off, fellas. Big shout outs to the ugly strippers that are making money right now because as long as they have that mask on, the fantasy is alive. But let's move on to other things now, people. The number one topic that my boy T brought up to me that's very interesting to me, I got to admit it, as much as I don't want to say too much about it, Kanye West. Why the hell is he still interested? What the hell is going on? Is this the price of fame? Do we want to see a man have a mental breakdown or just get hit by cars or your wife is cheating on you, exposed to the world, and everybody knows about it, like in Will Smith and, I guess, Meek Mill and Kanye's situation, I guess, hey. So the person who is the most deeply connected and affected by this should only go first. And I'm talking about my number one Celtics fan in the universe. Steve Bartholomew, you know, crock-wearing, Bobby Brown gene-having. Go ahead and take it away. You sports genius, you. Uh, So... um... <laughs> so you know you, you already know man society we love to see uh you know they love to see car crashes they love to see um stupid things you know i mean how long has real housewife of atlanta been going on i mean a lot of drama <laughs> you know what i'm saying like we society loves drama man they love drama they love seeing stupid things you know what i'm saying so this Kanye West thing is another thing where people can sit down and get their popcorns ready. They're on Instagram. Just, oh, what's Kanye going to say next? What is he going to do? It's entertaining to them. They love it. You know, so it's sad. It's really sad, man. You know, you, you, you know everybody sees it here. You know, he's having a breakdown. He has issues. But it's sad, man, as a world, as a society, that we love seeing people make a fool out of themselves instead of finding ways to help them. You know, finding ways to, you know, be a solution and, and not pouring gasoline on the problem. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I got to say about that. Yeah, for me, man, um, this story just keeps getting crazier and crazier, the life and times of Kanye West. I mean, now, you know, it, it's crazy, right? Think about this. He lives in Wyoming. So first of all, we know no one that lives in Wyoming. 
right? So he lives on like this big ranch where nobody knows where is it at. So, but every move that Kanye makes, like the paparazzi is on it to a T, bro. Like I saw that he went to the hospital. He stayed in the hospital for 10 minutes and then he left. Then you know the ambulance showed up at his house, but it's not clear why the ambulance showed up. Like they're on Kanye, like white on rice right now, bro. Like every little move that Kanye makes, we all know about it. And plus he also tweets about it. Then you know, he's apologizing to his wife. I should have never made, I should have never said those things that we talked about in private. But then you would just talk about how you want to divorce her for years. You call her mama, um, what do you call the mama? He basically called her Kim Yoon John or something like that. I can't remember. Called her a dictator. Um, yep. Like Kanye are doing, Kanye is doing things that there's really no comeback from. Like, I don't know how you just met the relationship with your wife, but you don't say some stuff. I don't know if she can take you back. Then you spilling tea about what Larsa Pippen did. You brought in Meek Mill into the situation. I mean, you just keep bringing up names. I mean, you mentioned Drake one time. I'm like, where is Kanye going with all this stuff? <laughs> and then, then, then the crazy thing about it, in the midst of all this going on, right, you're running for president. How is all of this going on and you running for president? Like, like I hate to be like this because at first I was like, it wasn't funny, but now it's a joke because, like, what in H-E double hockey sticks is going on, man? Like, this is so much of a confusing story, bro. Like, that's what I was saying. Like, and now, and then think about this, right? You remember what he said about um, Harriet Tubman? That ain't even the, that, that ain't even the most talked about thing that he, that's going on since this whole situation has happened. So think about that. That foolishness he said about Harriet Tubman, people already have forgot about it. Because it's so much foolishness going on that that's not even the most ridiculous thing that's come out of this situation. Like, Kanye is a joke, man. Like, I hate that. Because at first I was like, man, you know, mental health, mental health, mental health. But, bro, like, I'm at a point now, like, damn, Kanye, was it really worth it? Like, dude, you forever going to be a clown, man. Like, I hate to admit it, but you are. Like, <laughs> Damn, Kanye, it had to be you. I mean, you make brothers look bad, dog. Like, I, damn, that's all I can say. Man, homie. In high school, you was the man, homie. <laughs> Don't let them know how you feel, Marlon. Don't let them know how you feel, Marlon. I'll be T on this, man. At, at first, I was screaming. I was like, this brother's screaming out for help. I said, this is a mental health case. But and as T said, when you start putting all the stuff together, we know Kanye West is, some people consider him a genius because of the things he could do. I wouldn't be surprised if he's plotting all this shit up together. I wouldn't be surprised he's plotting this up with the, the, the idiot in chief. I, it's just, to me, he, he, how do you go from breaking down, crying about the, uh, I almost aborted my child, uh, you know, saying the dumb things he say, you'd be like, man, this dude is crying out for help. And then the next minute he's tweeting. Like, it's just the same thing that idiot in chief do. He seems dumb in front of a podium, but he gets up with his, his uh, you know, his Jim Bean at night and he gets to tweeting out dumb, more dumb shit. You're like, what is wrong with these people? It's, it's like, and you know what it is? To answer Barry's question from why are we so infatuated with it? Because America is infatuated with reality, reality stars, uh, rich people. It's like, man, put them people to the back burner because they crazy. Something wrong with them. They need to sniff too much glue or something. And these people, it's, it's the continuance of the same thing. I, to me, I don't, know, I don't know what to say about Wakanye. 
I really don't know. I don't know if it's a setup or I didn't even know he had apologized to Kim until T told me. I don't know if it's a setup or you know, if it, if the brother really is mental messed up. So it's, it's, it's confusing because he going to come out and he going to say, aha, I got you. I got all of you. And I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, you didn't, man. Here, here go the middle finger. You didn't get me because I ain't worried about you. But it, it's confusing. I mean, it's like I, I, I'm to the point where my son had to tell me what Kanye did because I ain't trying to look for him. <laughs> I gotta add. I gotta add some things in closing. So, my thing with Kanye West, I'm trying to figure out who's his publicist. Ozzy Osbourne and Takashi Six Nine. Are they giving him the right instructions? I mean, it's the man cried. You know, about his about the babe, about the. I almost killed my daughter. I felt sorry for him for two seconds, and then I heard him say it again in auto tune. That just went right out the window. So, I mean, I don't really know what the hell to think about Kanye West, fellas. I, I think the dude is off his rocker. Personally, I learned how to separate the people from the musical a while ago. R. Kelly taught me that. Because I can't watch kitty porn the same, pretty much. R. Kelly's the kitty porn. I can't do that. But his music is incredible. The same way I look at Kanye, Kanye West, the mad genius. And like I said again, I almost killed my daughter in the chipmunk voice. F Kanye West. Keep bringing out the music. And it's like T said, I think it's mighty funny that you're having a mental breakdown. You quit taking your pills when your new record's coming out, when your new album's coming out. It was right on time. The, the album ran come out, though. The album Basically, it's getting close. It's coming. It's coming soon. The album didn't even come out. It still ain't came out. I don't even think an album's coming, man. Who it's going to be the life of uh -huh. Keisha Part 3. It's going to have a really weird name like Pablo. Trust no, he's supposed to call it Donda. Called Wakanda Part 3. <laughs> now, one thing I want to segue, good one, good one, good one, fellas, because I want to segue into something a little different. I like how we said we got this fascination, like Marlon said, we got a little fascination with things. Now, I want to ask you, when it goes to the movie, movie, music, pretty much. Very cut out there. Why is crime the bomb? Do that like again. You hey, run that again because you froze up. Oh, whoa, whoa. Poor internet connection, excuse me, didn't pay the light bill. But uh, we're talking about the uh, crime. Why is crime so fascinating? Why do we always want to see crime in rap? Uh, even in sports, people like to refer to Al Capone, Scarface. The top movies you can name are mostly gangster movies. Even in black culture, we like the, I mean, in our culture, I don't want to say African-American culture, whichever way we want to refer to ourselves nowadays. Um, New Jack City. Boys in the Hood, Minister Society. Pretty much everything has a crime element to it. So what's the big fascination with it? And it's not just us, mafia movies. People go gaga over that. You know, hey. So take it away. Uh, let's see. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. The person from Burlington may have to go. Steve, go first. I'll go with it, man. I'll go with it. You know what, you know what I think it is, man? Honestly, when, when you think about it, what do women like, right? They like the bad guys, right? They like the... They like the thugs, right? Right. So, so to me, that that's to me why it's so like why why a lot of people gravitate towards it because women like it. Women, women like guys that portray that type of um, how do I say lifestyle or listen to that type of music or X, Y, and Z. I just really feel that it has to do with women. Women like that type of stuff, man. <laughs> women like guys that are interested in into that type of stuff. I mean, I mean you. You can't tell me it's not wrong. It's, it's, it's a lie. 
Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it, man. What do women love? What do women love? Shoot, forget that. What does Jada Pinkett love? Will Smith's a good guy. <laughs> He's a nice guy. He don't, you know what I'm saying? He don't. He, he don't. He ain't into that type of thug type stuff, man. You know what I'm saying? I'll see them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's a R&B guy, but you know what I'm saying? He has that type of bad boy type element, and I feel that's why a lot of people gravitate and fascinate towards that type of stuff. It because it, women love it, so guys like that. That's why. All right, man. So I gotta say this. So Steve, I just wanna say this first, real quick. Your new nickname is Steve He Man Woman Hater. Bro, I'm worried about you, bro. I ain't gonna even lie. Like, it would only be Steve to have a topic we're asking about. Why is America infatuated with crime? Some kind of way it leads right back to a path of an issue with women. Only you, Steve, can come up with an answer to this question this way. So, it's not a negative Steve, issue. Steve, you approving your worth. Hey, I appreciate you, man, for who you are, bro. But I'll just say this. I really think that it's just the way America... Of the way America just that's the way America was built off of was crime and murder and thievery and all the bad adjectives you can use. America was built off those type of principles if you really want to say this, because I mean we know how America came to to have this land, if you want to be honest. But um I just think it's just one of those things that's always been pushed. Um it's not a good thing. It's funny that you know we always have a war on crime or a war on drugs or anything like that. But that's the only thing that has been showed as far as in movies or TV shows, things of that nature. Like Barry mentioned, uh, all celebrities, celebrities, either people that we know or just everybody always romanticized the, the American gangster. Like that's always been something that's been, everyone's been infatuated with, the Scarface of the world, the Frank Lucases of the world, things of that nature. So um, especially in our community, I really hate that we kind of fantasy, me, like we kind of always put that on a pedestal. Like, and go a little bit deeper with me, it's always weird. Like anytime I was here about someone, oh man, I got my I'm working on my new TV show, or somebody you know you meet locally that works on a TV show. Every time they do, they tell you they're working on a new TV show, they writing a new story or something. Why is always a crime story? Think about that. Like my wife was showing me some guy that she went to high school with or she went to school with, and he's a TV writer or something. I look at this movie, it's a damn hood movie. Like, come on, man. Like every time I always turn around, like that's the only thing black people are good at. Like People always say, why you don't watch Power? Like, I'm, and there's no, no offense to Power. It's a great show, but any shows like that. But when black people are always involved, why it always got to be a hood movie where we killing each other or we uh, robbing each other or we selling drugs or something of that nature? Like, know our worth, man. Like, stop thinking that way. I wish you would think more beyond that. There's nothing wrong with being different. We don't have to keep doing the same thing over and over and over. And then I would just say this in closing. I can say, it's always, I will always ask this question, though, when I think about this with America. The white gangster is always looked as far as being elegant or anything of that nature. They always look at them like that, like the Scarface or Lucky Luciano or Al Capone, for instance. But we put those type of guys on a pedestal, but we look down upon the Rayford Edmonds of the world or, like I say, the Bumpy Johnsons of the world or the Frank Lucas. Well, Frank Lucas was romanticized a little bit later on, but you get what I'm saying, though. Like, black gangsters are always looked down upon and they're hoods or they're, they're just killers. But those white men, oh, no, they were gangsters. They were smart. They were the mob. The mob was different. But it's the same thing. The mob and, the, the mob and, a, and a street gang are the same thing, if you ask me. But they look entirely different in two different aspects when they do the same thing. I think that's interesting, to say the least. 
Good point. Good point. And and my take on it is, is one word. It's Hollywood. Like to answer Barry's question, what why we fantasize this? Like as far as TV, movies, and everything. If you look at most of the people who watch TV, most of the people who go to movies, it's people who don't live that life. So they want to see what that life is like. So that's the biggest thing. I'm not a gangster. I'm not a mobster. So growing up watching Boys in the Hood, I was like, oh, I want to see what this is like. Watching Menace to Society, oh, man, I want to see what this is like. But I guarantee you, those people that live that gang culture, that gang life, they probably weren't interested in that. They, they probably looking at it like, man, fuck that. Like even the show that mob-wise, you know damn well that reality show, the mob code, they ain't trying to have nobody tell their business. So they probably, the real OG mobsters probably look down on that so bad. That's probably why the show gone. You know, they look down on that. Because in, in, in a gangster mob culture, if you are a snitch, you, they look bad. That, that looks, that's looked bad upon. Very bad. So, and, and, and so when you talk about, like, you know, back, back to the question, it's, it's fantasizing because people that watches that have not lived that life. So that's pretty much... That, that's pretty much my take on it. And I think that's why it's glorified. And Hollywood is all about dollars. So whoever is paying, whatever is paying the most, that's what they're going for. Okay, everybody had a chance. Let me let me get a word in here. We got Steve itching to go next. But um, I got to have a few words in here to say now. First and, first and foremost, I want to quote the great, the great prophetical Kanye West. And saying that Steve hate women. <laughs> Steve don't like women. I think he was trying to use the bathroom one day really, really bad. And if the only building that was close by was the girls' club, and they wouldn't let him in. And ever since then, he built this big resentment toward women. Because we were talking about crime, and he just went in on women. <laughs> Damn, Al Bundy. I mean, that's that's kind of scary. I don't know where you go shopping. There's a lot of women out there in the world. You you want to be careful. Um, mm. Now, the one thing I want to say, too, fellas, about that, about some of the people that actually watch these crime movies and all this stuff, they actually imitate life. Sometimes we imi life Im it imitates real life. People grow up, I know a lot of cats that were in the neighborhoods that saw Scarface and thought that's what they wanted to be, and they actually mm. ended up being something close to it. A lot of cats watch it and get to laughing like, that's what I live some days. But the other fascinating, I love what Marlon said, though, a lot of people do it just to get away. They like to see the person that doesn't have to take any kind of rules. They can do what the hell they want to do as far as they think. Nobody can tell this. Nobody can tell Al Capone what to do. He's the boss. Nobody can tell John Gotti. Nobody can tell Nino Brown. And T, I understand what you're saying about some of them, they look at us like the inferior ones. But let's not forget, way back before we were around and paying attention to stuff in the world, there was a superfly. Mm. And people thought Superfly was the bomb, and all he was was a drug dealer. He was a hero. A lot of the, the old, what are they, I can't think of the name that they, we used to call it, black exploitation films, were about a lot of the heroes were really pretty much gangsters. Pimps, the, there was a movie about a pimp that was like considered classic, The Mac. I mean, personally, I just wanted to ask y'all to get an input, because I really don't understand the whole, the real fascination behind it all in any kind of way. Now, I think, Steve, you want to add some more stuff about hating women? Yeah, man. To this topic? Hey, man. Go ahead. Hey. 
Hey man, I love women. It, it, it has. <laughs> let me tell y'all. Let, let me just let you know what what I mean by this. See, I'm not saying like women bad. I didn't say nothing like that. What I'm saying, what why a lot of men, for example, it's really a lot of men that watch these movies. Think about it. A lot of men. It's really a lot of men that watch these gangster movies. And in these gangster movies, what do you see in those gangster movies? They got. They get all the women. They get all the bad chicks. Scarface, Superfly. Remember, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, Godfather, shoot, he became this big time gangster. What did he attract? A fine woman. That's what, to me, that's why a lot of people like to watch these movies, namely men, because they like, they want to get the women. They want to, and that's what sells. You know what I'm saying? Being a thug sells to be able to get women. That's all I was trying to say. Okay, okay, Steve, I definitely appreciate that. You. Uh, yeah, uh, let's move on to the next topic, though. All right, we got to jump back into something a little more serious, too, because I enjoyed that. I definitely enjoyed it. But now I got something to show y'all. Now, in, Min in Minneapolis, armed residents are setting up patrols amid calls to defund the police. So will defunding the police finally solve problems that people of color have been plagued with for years? And do we really understand what defunding the police means? So, um, T, you look like you're itching, so I want you to go first over there. You know, being the lovely host of us last month, uh, last week's show, I want you to go first. Thank you, your loveliness. <laughs> whatever, bro, whatever. But, yeah, to say this, most people do not understand what defund the police means. They mean or they mean that, or they would just assume that that means, like, take all the, all the resources away completely from the police, which makes no sense whatsoever so or you have those politicians or the nick um you know those trump supporters those type of people all black lives matter they want to defund the police they want to take everything away from the police just try to flip it real quick but defunding the police basically means is people don't understand how much resources the police actually have or how much tax dollars access to the money that they have but let's take some of that money away and let's start and put it into the communities that are being impacted by the things that the police are doing, which are not right most of the time. Um, and let's also start helping, helping out that way because if you help out the citizens, that would then make it better for the police and I really do truly believe that. But defunding the police will definitely work. I just, I find it hard to believe that like, we all, we talked about this one time, when COVID first hit, we couldn't have no testing center set up. But when the police come around, when, when the National Guard came, it took them what, two days to set up, shut up, um, to set up um, shop in LA out there? And they was ready to go take take everybody to jail. You know what I'm saying? Like, you still got nurses and doctors having access to not enough materials to help people in this pandemic. Where the police, they coming out in armored trucks. They got the bulletproof vests. They got the shields. They got the helmets. They got it all. Dude, I saw the other day that um, due to the, the rise in crime, once again, blaming it on Black Lives Matter. I just want to throw that out there. But anyway, in New York City, right? They have over 400, they normally have like $400 million a year for overtime, but a bank for New York City police, right? They say they are going to be, they're going to spend way more than that $400 million bank just for overtime. So think about that. They got, think about it, in New York, the police get like over $3 billion a year just for funding from getting their equipment, training, and all of that. Could you imagine we took away just a billion of that and put it into the actual communities in New York? how that would actually impact those communities in a more positive way, opposed to just locking everybody up. But 
you know, the, the, the higher-ups, they want to continue to lock everybody up. We understand how the game goes, but yeah. we need to fully understand what the fundamentals <clears throat> is. Yeah. I can go next. Uh, like T said, the fundamental police, they, they're not talk, talking about just, oh, let's take money from them. They're talking about allocating those funds to different programs, like he said, to different programs that will help out in the neighborhoods. But, you know, that's something that, again, it's, 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 it became a political thing. They hijacked that defund the police slogan, and they've turned it into a scare tactic. You see Trump's newest commercial. He got a little old lady, somebody breaking in her house. She's calling 911, and they saying defund the police, no 911 operators on the other end. It's not that. Nobody's losing their job or nothing like that. It's just, and they're going to use it as a scare tactic to make everybody think, oh, if you defund the police, we're going to have, you know, the purge happening again. You know what I'm saying? Or the purge like from the movies or something it's, it's it's so silly and it's like like you said the police get so many millions and billions of dollars they have all this gear that they're ready to use to whoop up and and, and beat up on communities it's, it's ridiculous to all the people in the communities who happen to be minorities and it, it's so silly it's like you know won't you create some type of program when they say define the police put it into a program where you can talk to the youth, you can you can talk to the youth about and, and have programs for them to do better, for them to have better schools, better situations where they can be better productive citizens. That's all that is about, and it's it's, it's crazy that they have hijacked it, just like they've hijacked Black Lives Matter and turned them into basically a terrorist organization. But the KKK been around here for a hundred years, burning crosses, hanging people, and doing terroristic things. And no one has still labeled them a terrorist organization. It's ridiculous. It's crazy, man. It's almost like, man, you know, that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, so I, I agree with everything that y'all say, man, uh, with the defund the police. Uh, I appreciate you guys um, really as far as helping under, us understand what that means when it comes to defunding the police and what that entails. Um, I would say, I, 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 I agree with it, like I said. Um, I mean, a lot of crimes happen in where impoverished neighborhoods, neighborhoods where kids don't have much growing up. You know what I'm saying? Section A housing, things like that. Um, you know, those funds, imagine being able to allocate those funds to where you could give these kids in these underprivileged neighborhoods a better start to where, you know, it doesn't until, oh, in order for me to get out of this situation, I have to do something bad. I got to do some crime. I got to, you know, rob, shoot, steal, kill. You know what I'm saying? Sell drugs. Um, you know, defund the police. You know, take some funds away from them. Help these neighborhoods. Help them. These kids have a better start. But I think it's a tipping iceberg, too, when it comes to defund the police. I think, you know, they should take it a, really a step further. Think about the military, man. They, they need to also, you know what I'm saying, allocate some funds away from that. You know what I'm saying? To help, you know, these, uh, you know, these uh, lower-end communities as well. Um, that's some real stuff. I mean, how much millions and billions and trillions of dollars do the military get that could go towards other more uh, positive things, you know, across the, you know, across the whole United States. So again, I agree with what y'all saying, man. And, you know, like you said, uh, I believe T, you said it, you was like, basically, you know, it would make these police uh, officers job easier because of the fact that basically they won't have to be policing that much if you're giving these other people, you know, kids and people that are in these impoverished neighborhoods a better start, another option, alternative, you know, to have a better life. 
So that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, and I want to close in on this one. I want to put the closing thing to this one. Um, I agree with everybody so far, which is really, really scary, because I thought Steve was going to say that police women were the downfall of the world, and that's why we needed to defund <laughs> the police. You know? So I'm happy Steve didn't go that way. But Whatever, what I want to add to it is that when I think of defund the police, I think, like you said, those resources can be put toward like urban uh, urban development. So we put this toward business loans to start up where we can get jobs in the neighborhood, like what Marlon said, to help the schools. Because a lot of our schools are still kind of outdated with some of the books, some of the equipment. So we can do that toward these areas, the ones that high crime areas, because they don't have the same equal things as like what's in the other part of the world. We should give these kids the same advantage. Some of that money can be going toward the teachers to raise the money up for some of the teachers, give them the money that they deserve. I mean, once we do that, allocate these sources and then put together another group to police the police. Stop having the police just go to another police officer and say, correct what I've done wrong. Have a whole different group put together by the community. Police the police. That's how you fix that situation. No, Steve, women didn't cause this one. It's okay. Just follow me. But that, that's hey, my I, yeah, I, I hear what you said. I love woman. Use one woman in there. You didn't say women. One woman. So let's let's keep it real. Okay, <laughs> fellas. Now I gotta tell you, this was this I enjoy today. Because I think my boy said uh we, we is women about to protest the show. They sitting right outside the building right now with picket signs and all kind of stuff, pitchforks, looking for the dude named Steve. Steve, I won't tell him you got on Crocs and a Bobby Brown pair of pants and a white tank top. Steve doesn't have on any of that. But we got to wrap it up, fellas. I want to hear anything. Let's do a quick round right quick. Anything that you want to add, I want you all to get it off your chest. Uh, let's go one-on-one. Mr. Marlin, the oldest man in the world, right behind God. What, what's going on, Marlin? Well, uh, first of all, it's good to be back. Uh, I'll have to say that, man. Yeah. It's good to be healthy. It's good to be everything. I mean, I, I miss just interacting, talking to guys. And so everything like that, it's just good to be back. Great topics, man. I mean, this this was outside of Steve's uh, hair-brain, <laughs> women-type topics. We actually got some good information in, good points across. So I like that. But you know what? What's good about Steve, though? Every every show needs that guy. Like, you know, first take got, got Stephen A. Standing the skip got both of them. So we 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 need we need Steve. We need Steve to stay on past Steve. So next week I need you to find another group to attack and attack them. And then we just keep it going every week. So we every every show needs they Ryan Hollins and Steve is our Ryan Hollins. Yes, he is. <laughs> Um, my God, <laughs> we had a great show tonight, man. Uh, once again, shout out to Steve, he man, woman hater. <laughs> you were the only one for the day, and yes, I'm saying real quick before I leave, man, justice for Breonna Taylor, man, justice for Breonna Taylor. Continue to say Good. her name. Good, I agree with that, justice for Breonna Taylor, and also Marlon, glad to have you back, man. You're my boy, man. Glad to have Satchel you back. Satchel Page! Satchel Page! Satchel Page, man. Satchel Page. <laughs> and yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, like I said, I'm going to be my own publicist, man. Hey, women, I love you. Except for the ones that watch Weird Real Housewives of Atlanta. 
Other than that, I love you. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Hey, and, and you know what? I see very point what uh, uh, Terrence said. Hey, women are more fundamental at basketball than men are. That's true. It's just not exciting. Okay. But I love y'all. All right. Gotcha. Well, fellas, I definitely enjoyed the show. DJ Darko Polo, Nikki Bassetti. You know, and I, I definitely want to thank everybody for their influence and words and wisdom. Marlon, it's good to have you back. I'm glad that Gonorrhea didn't stop you too long. Thank really happy. Except for the gun real part. I was hoping you was gonna catch that. I was hoping you was gonna catch that. <laughs> and Steve, I'm, 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 the next show we're gonna have is gonna be maybe a video kind of show where I, where I intend to bring out like a doll that's a female doll, and I'm gonna point to the doll and I'm gonna ask where did it exactly hurt you, Steve? We want to get to the bottom of that with the next show. We want to know where, what, what did the woman do to you? Did they, did they turn you down to prom? Um, I mean, did, did, she, did she hit you in the car and run? What did they do to you exactly? But, fellas, this has been an incredible show. Um, I think right. I enjoyed being the host this time. You know, T doesn't let me talk too much here sometimes. Probation, you know, he tries to look out for me so I don't say the wrong things. And one but, last thing, and one exactly. last thing before we all leave, man. Everybody, if you enjoyed this show or our previous shows, remember to go ahead and subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. This is Unapologetic Perspectives. Maybe I am an a-hole. And for tonight, Steve, you took that title home. Good night, everybody. <laughs> hey, what?